Okay. Welcome back to System Sunday. I'm your host, Jason. Today, I'm joined by G. Edward Patterson III. How are you doing today, George? I'm doing fine. Excellent. So you have, I've, I've reviewed your products in the past, way back in episode 208 of my podcast, which is like July of 2021, I think, somewhere around there, or June, June of 2021, you had the Grotesworth of Grotesques come out, and I talked about that, and that's a great little system agnostic, um, bestery little monster manual that can you can use with any system, it's really cool, but you've been pumping out products, and I haven't really been paying attention but you've got a, a bunch of neat stuff up here on Drive Through RPG, and there'll be links to everything in the show notes. Um, you, you've got a character sheet for the Black Hack, and you've got a, a special holiday amulet thing up there with some really neat amulets you can give to to, to your players. And you've got a, a little fishing thing that's really cool. I'm going to definitely make use of that. Um, in the in the fishing, your 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 little mini fishing game is like kind of a little dexterity based, where the players have to put their elbows on the tables and it's yeah, it's actual player dexterity, not character dexterity. Right. It's yeah. a uh, yeah. What I like to do when I uh, GM is keep my players on their toes. So that's a that was a little technique where you you know, you know, besides the general concept of having a fishing mini game. You know, they, you hit a river and you say, you know, do you want to go fishing for, you know, rations? And then they say yes. And you kind of whip this out and it's a board. It's a board game kind of. I mean, you you know, obviously I, I don't make the board, but you print it out, stick right. it on the table and it's a drop die, but it's dexterity drop die. You try to hit a target. So yeah. then it gets it turns into a fun scene because certain people are better at it. <laughs> people with mm -hmm. short arms tend to be better. <laughs> they have more control over the drop die. So then you get this thing where like, it's just, it kind of reverses the dynamic at the table because suddenly you have people who are normally sit in the back who are like, give me that. And they take it and then they go fishing for a little bit. It's, yeah, it, it's really cool. Um, and, and, and then we have a product you just released, which is really neat. Um, so, and, and this is basically a, a, it's a mini setting. It's, you know, oh, kind of OSR-ish, but you could use it with anything, right? Um, the honest and plain village of, and I'll butcher the name. How do you pronounce yeah, you, that? I butcher it too. I pronounce okay. it Skio, but nobody in the actual <laughs> town pronounces it that way. It's Sayo there. Um, but there aren't, I think there aren't enough people in the actual town. <laughs> I think they will. Well, maybe, no, I guess they'll be Googling themselves at some point. <laughs> I am waiting for backlash from the actual town of uh, Skio, as I say it. Oh, I didn't look that up because you, you you talk about Oregon in here, and I noticed that, but I I didn't look up so that there is a really t there really is a town that's yeah yeah oh it's, wow cool it kind of started as a uh, it's sort of the um, I think maybe we all have this, but like it, between my wife and I, whenever we're on road trips, we pass by the exit for Skio. It's kind of a funny little name, and then mm -hmm. one time we drove through it intentionally, and it's it's just like a quintessential small town. And it became in our, uh, you know, relationship parlance, like the word for like the generics, you know, like, oh, just like some weird small town with a struggling downtown, et cetera, et cetera. It's quirky. Um, so that's kind of where this came from was I was doing my campaign and I made the decision where like where the campaign was just it's set in Oregon. Mm -hmm. It's just straight up. You go north, you discover the same things. You go south. You know, I obviously mix it up. 
And then, so I just decided like a real fun place to start an actual campaign is like just the generic small town of Oregon. Cause that's, that's what you do when you play Dungeons and Dragons, basically, is you're just like, oh, here's the town. It has one tavern, right? right. So it's a one, you know, one tavern town, you know, it's a small town. Um, so there's like, there's not that many, if someone actually lived in the town, there's really only one in joke, which is that, um, Roos, there's a famous rooster. If you mm-hmm. Google Skio rooster, you will learn the story of the famous rooster of the town who like lived at the hardware store and, um, and then was killed by a dog and then they like stuffed it. <laughs> it's, so it's like still at the hardware store, but you know, dead. Wow. That's cool. Now th- this product, you've done a great job here because it's now it's right now. I, it, this isn't print on demand yet, is it? It's it's just a PDF. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, exactly. It's yeah. Uh, it, it, it's kind of designed. Know, print on for, the demand is hard. Well, well, yeah. Drive. That's my understanding. I don't have anything up there, but from talking to people that, that have done drive through and and done like Amazon, I, I guess drive through is harder to format things for than like Amazon is. Yeah, I'm on Amazon my second. I'm on my second rejection. Wow. <laughs> it, yeah, because it's interesting because you now you we mentioned that, but for the listeners, it is hyperlinked all throughout this thing. It's very user friendly, but you can tell it's kind of built both ways because yet you have notes in here about having white space and and wanting you to mark it up as you go and and and, and you know use it as a living document. Yeah, although I I do think I just bought um uh, this uh, brand books, but a lot of brands make them these this new generation of uh, e ink readers. Mm-hmm. that are actually tablets. Um, and it's like, you know, I've had it for like a month and it's really blown me away. It's, it's like, and now I want to get another one just for RPGs mm-hmm. um, because you load up PDFs. I got like a small reader one, but they make these ones that are like 11 inch screens. You load up PDFs and you really just write on them. Right. And it, it- comes with a pen and mm-hmm. it's like, and I'm just like, well, this is like, this is better than, I, I'm very resistant to, uh, technology with gaming. I'm I'm like a no, I'm a no screens, like all analog, you know, like let's mm-hmm. get in the mood. I'm, you know, I'm older. And uh, <laughs> so, um, so this is the first time I'm like, I, you know, I could, you can totally bring this to the table, even if you're one of the people that are no screens, cause it's not a screen like that. <laughs> I could get my cat out of you. No, it's fine. <laughs> it's not a screen like that. It's like, you know, it's a calm e-screen and you can make notes. Uh-huh. So it's like, cause I don't understand how people do that. Cause you know, I sit there, I mean, all of my eighties um, and seventies, you know, collectible uh, TSR stuff is just trashed. Right. Cause it's all like cross outs and like this person's dead. And sometimes it's ballpoint pen and all that stuff. Like I really want to mess with my modules. Cause it's like, you know, I don't know. I think that's part of it. I've, I like them as a working document. Yeah, very cool. The, so we're, we we kind of put the cart ahead of the horse here, but we're talking about this. So before I let you go, I do want to talk maybe a little bit about your gaming history, but let's let, let's talk a little bit more about this new product first. It, it, it's very cool. And the nice thing here is, like like we said, system agnostic, it's, it's just a, it's basically a sandbox, it's a little town sandbox. And it, it's like like you say, you can just I, definitely the GM needs to read should read through this before they use it. But it's super user friendly. It, it's got the sh- the areas. You, you go to that page. It's laid out kind of like bullet points. You, you know, with just basic notation. It's very Man easy of to use. Yeah, 
Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's beautiful. I, I added a thing. I mean, I don't know. I don't, because I don't use electronic documents that much. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, um, I don't know if this is that innovative, but if you notice too, it's at every, um, basically like every neighborhood you're in, or if there's a mini dungeon too. So every room you're in, there's a map, like a mini map that's just arrows and text. And right. you can navigate the entire document using that. So you actually just like, can, you know, you never have to necessarily flip through a page in this PDF. You're just constantly just clicking things. It takes you right there, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, whether it's the character's names or, you know, if it mentions the market, you click on that, it takes you right to the page with the market. And and then, like you say, that breaks down to, lo- you know, what other locations are adjacent to that. And, and it's all right there. It's, yeah, it's very nice. Um, yeah, I'm working on a, a moving to the future. Mm-hmm. I like, I was so excited. Like, cause I did that all at the end. Right. And I'm like, Oh yeah. I mean, people always complain about like, you know, oh, it doesn't, you know, there's so many things that PDFs can do and no one exploits them. So I just started adding it and adding it. And, um, now I've got this whole theory. I'm going to do one that exploits PDF layers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm going to try to do like, maybe it'll be like an in and back dungeon where you like go in on one layer and then you turn that off and you, flick it on and then the whole document changes um yeah. or you you know and it can do like global changes like oh did you you know you flick this switch in the dungeon and that's like okay you know press this button <laughs> you press the button and then the whole it can reveal stuff you know right. like okay now this room has extra stuff in it because you flick that switch mm-hmm. like, there's some cool things that i don't think and i don't know i mean i'm sure every every time i think i invent something it's already been done for like 10 years so well, yeah i wasn't gonna burst your balloon but i that's hardly ever done I, I i will give you that and it would definitely be pretty innovative to do do like this if if you look back at recess i don't know if you're familiar with that game r-i-s-u-s uh it, it's I a light it. yeah it, it's a light game but those pdfs he is uh s John Ross, I think I, I might have his name wrong, but I believe that's right. That's John Ross. Mm-hmm. But he is big into using the whole PDF. And he has that thing where, like, if you if you go to, to his PDF for his game rules, it's got like secret layers. Like, you, you know, he uses the layers to bounce around and nothing necessarily game related, but kind of like just Easter eggs and, and little things, you, you know, to kind of get you to do that. But so it's, yeah, but it's not used very much. The, the other thing I've seen used that's slightly different than that, there's a, a blogger and a podcaster who, who he has products up on drive through RPG as well. Um, Goblin's henchman who mm-hmm. he does the, the, um, eh, the hex flowers, which are really good for tracking weather and different things like that. And he, he's talks about using like Excel where if you use Excel, then in each square, you can click on that square and it, you, you know, bring up all the stuff or you can do that even on, you know, with layers like on Roll20 for the people that use VTTs. Typically, when I run a game, honestly, I do it like this. <laughs> we'll, we'll have a Zoom call and people yeah. will roll their dice at home and and we'll just do that. But th- there's a lot of interesting technology out there. Um, yeah, the people who are good at VTT, I mean, I, I, I've i actually never played in a game with someone who's good at VTT. <laughs> I've only like played with people who are like, oh, goddamn fog of war. Like, it's mm-hmm. like, it's like always a frustration and we're always right. like, going back we're like oh let's do that because there's all those fun like die rollers and everyone gets to see the dice dice rolling mm-hmm. and then they just break and right then- and, and and then you have one player that's sitting there throughout the entire game well i'm going to put this macro in and i'm going to put this combination in and they're so worried about fiddling with the program they're not paying attention to the game and then yeah i'm not totally big, 
yeah, yeah I'm not totally. a big VC I mean, I think fan. we all went through this during the pandemic. <laughs> like, yep. like, tried everything, and then we're just like, wait, you know, also, like, why are we on Roll20? Why don't we just get on Zoom or Google Meet and just, mm-hmm. you know, we just roll? It's, it's, it's like slight, I don't know. It's, it's slightly disappointing. I think taking away that moment where you roll and the roll is interesting is mm-hmm. it's sad to have that taken away. Right. But, I, I, so typically I'll run like this and even conventions, I'll, I'll do that like this. And when you tell people, oh, no, you can roll your own dice. Like, really? I can roll my own dice? Because they're so used to, after the pandemic, having to use the die rollers in the VTT or go to Discord and use the die roller. But we, we all have all these dice that we bought. Why not yeah. use them? Yeah. Use them. And it's like, and it's, um, and it's fun. I mean, I think it's yeah. a, it's a critical part of the game. Like everyone's like most of your like favorite moments when you think back are mm-hmm. die moments. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, like a critical miss. And then, oh my God, two critical misses. That never happens. And then like you hit like a third, you know, oh, a critical, you know, like this, the, the drama of the dice and everyone watching them at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like actually just like, that is such a great reveal. Like, you're just like, oh no, I'll save you. Right. Um, and- and you're not missing anything because people, well, we can't all see the dice, but those amazing moments, you're not looking at the other player's dice. You're looking at their face and you want to see the reaction on their face when they roll that 23 times in a row or whatever they did. Right? Yeah. That's the, you can see that combina- it's that whole moment, that combination yeah. of the dice, the people, yeah. the room. Uh, yeah. That's, that's hard to replicate. And those are, and that's also what makes it the most fun. Although, mm-hmm. you know, um, I am playing with, uh, someone who's like an ace online GM and they're like, you know, I think they're like 23 or something. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't, they don't really play in person. And, um, and they're like, okay, I want to start doing some in-person stuff. So I uh, started playing with them in person mm-hmm. and they're super nervous and they like, don't know what they're doing. I'm like, it's just fun to see the opposite. I'm like, right. Oh no, I'm really awkward on the, screen because i don't know what i'm i'm like perfectly happy with a bunch of people in my basement right mm-hmm. that's like that's the essence of role-playing to me and this person the essence of role-playing to them is, is zoom right but they're good at it like they do like they'll just be like okay you know like they'll switch their voice at the mm-hmm. right time and they're you know it's calmer it's not like you're trying to get people excited and hype up the room it's like okay bringing it back and they'll switch the music and and like i'll be like this is you know like the, it makes for a really good experience and I'm happy that that experience also exists besides, you know, the, my youthful experience of, you know, sleepovers and right. uh, popcorn and, and shit everywhere. Yeah. Well, well, if you don't mind, can we talk about that for a minute? Could, maybe let us know kind of how you got into gaming a little bit on your gaming history, the kind of games you've played and, and what you like. Yeah. So I did the, um, so I, I just turned 50. So um, I have an older brother. And so my gaming goes back to um when i learned how to read and write um he got uh for christmas he got uh the holmes box Mm -hmm. um and it was one of the ones with the chits instead of the dice right and um and that was like so my first characters are like me in second grade like with the most ridiculous handwriting and i still have them you know like in boxes upstairs Mm -hmm. um so i've never not role played basically um which i think is is a very uh it's a very different experience uh you know like you have a a different attitude so there's like no preciousness involved in role playing it's just like oh we're role playing now right 
And then like, I don't know. I don't like that rule. Like, you know, like I feel like people that way, you're just like much more comfortable being like, that's not sacred because we did not play the games correctly at mm -hmm. all. You know, like right. uh, that was a big revelation for me. Uh, oh, so again, I'm one of these people who did that, played for a while, stopped, came back. Mm -hmm. And so what's been really fun is, um, you know, like reading people online talking about, um, you know, for example, everyone's like, well, no one actually played Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Everyone played basically like Holmes or Moldvay or BX and then just like make characters that were in the Advanced Dungeons and Dragons rule books. We ignored weapon speed. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, no one did weapon speed or you did right. it once and you're just like, what the hell is this shit? Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's it. Um, that was a really fun thing about getting back. But yeah, so I played. Yeah, you know, so I started with D&D &D and then I um, switched up early. Um, again, I had an older brother who was super into this stuff. So he was on like uh, the forefront of uh, like we got man to man before there was GURPS. Mm -hmm. um, we did a lot of car wars, uh, paranoia. Right. Um, Tune. Um, I got deep into champions and fantasy hero. And that was with like a high school friend. And we had a lot. We, that was at the point where we secretly were playing role-playing games. <laughs> <laughs> so I had that huge expansion and I was just playing all the time. And then like, and then it was just like, you know, down to three, three or four people being like, all right, don't tell anyone, but we're going to play champions this weekend. That's what we're doing Friday night. Don't let the girls know. Right. Um, and uh, so I did a lot. Of, I did a lot of champions. Um, and then I stopped for college. Mm -hmm which is like the opposite of what a lot of people do. Um, but all my friends, what's crazy is all my friends in college role play. So like now when I run into them, like when they, they secretly were role playing in high school, stopped in college and then just went right back to it. So then I graduated and I did like a, um, so uh, in the mid nineties, I started doing retro campaigns mm. where I was just like, cause I got burned out by like GURPS and champions. Right. And I was like, it just doesn't feel fantasy. Like, ultimately, I was like, number one, I'm just one of these people. I'm settling in on fantasy. That's my main genre. And then number two, um, none of those feel fantasy. Mm -hmm. When you like GURPS is like, one, I think, one of the worst fantasy games because everything is defined. And the whole right. point of fantasy yeah. is mystery. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I, I was just like, let's run, let's run. Uh, you know, AD and D just straight up. And that, the second edition was out at the time. I'm like, no, 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 no second edition. <laughs> just first edition. And I'm like, here's my stack of dragon magazines. That's like, you know, 50 feet tall. And, uh, you know, you can use anything in any dragon magazine. I'm just gonna run it like a kid. I don't, I don't care. And, uh, I did that for a while and that was, that was fun. And then I started, uh, from there, uh, at the time I was playing music in like a little, you know, it's classic nineties. I was just, mm -hmm. I was, mainlining the 90s i was in like an indie band uh like touring and um doing all your 90s like i'm not getting a real job you know mm -hmm. i was like i was like working in a factory um and working in oh, i worked in a warehouse where like i was the only employee so i was secretly writing role-playing stuff and i was like and i'm gonna i'm gonna take like this 90s aesthetic and apply it to role-playing games because that was you know things were just starting to get glossy and i'm like let's make zines um, so I started writing my own stuff. Um, and, uh, that would have been maybe sort of ahead of its time, but then I like got married, <laughs> mm -hmm. so, didn't publish anything, you know, all those campaigns stopped. And then, um, and then I had a kid and, and um, I started just 
that's when I got back. That's when I found the OSR. Right. I was like bleary eyed and I was at home all the time. And suddenly I'm just like, so this is like, you know, 2006, 2007. That was when that was mm-hmm. for him. And I was like, I bet, you know, my whole dream of making zines and like going to conventions and just distributing like a crappy Xerox and uh, making it sloppy on purpose. I'm like, I bet someone's done that. And of course it, it existed, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I just immediately locked into that stuff and started ordering books off of Lulu and so on. Right. Very cool. Yes, that's my history. And then, yeah. oh, well, oh, and then the pandemic, of course. Right. The, then the pandemic hits and I had, I had been secretly like a little, every once in a while I work on all this stuff. So I have this massive backlog. That's what growth with, of grotesque is, is. It's like campaign notes from the 90s. You wow. Know? I mean, mm-hmm. it's 20 years of campaign material that I'm just like, oh, I'll just, you know, dress it up, pretty it up, uh, unify it, you know. Mm-hmm. There's certain things like it was like, it's crazy. Cause like I would hit, there was this moment when I had a, I had a UMAX, a Mac clone in like 1997 mm-hmm. and I was writing on Nissus writer and um, I got rid of that computer and, um, and I transferred all my campaign materials to, uh, I forget, uh, to like a text documents and I lost all my return carriages. Oh, <laughs> for like thousands of pages of return characters were lost. So it was funny when I was working on Groats versus Grotesques, there were moments when I'd hit some of that. Like I was mm-hmm. like, oh my God, this, this actual digital information is so old. It has like things that got fucked up in the 90s were affecting mm-hmm. it. And I'd be like, oh, I'm finally editing this. <laughs> like <laughs> 20 years later, here comes, you know, like, okay, here's the, there's a space. I got to put a space here because the return carriage got messed up. Right. It, it's interesting because we have that period. So so I've got a buddy who has a, a, a podcast, Minions and Musings, where he's recently been talking about he's found these old notebooks from back, you know, when when he was a kid and when he's in high school and just going to college. And, and and so he has these old notebooks, campaign notes and all this stuff. And he's talking about it. And but for the like the people today and, and the kids come today, you know, it's all digital. But if if you don't back this stuff up, you know, we've got the advantage of all of our old stuff is actually most of it is handwritten from from like when we first got started. Yeah. But because if a mine had been computerized back then, I didn't have any kind of, um, you know, I didn't back up things worth anything for back then. I don't have any kind of computerized records. In fact, then it'd all be gone. Yeah. You know? All you have to do is have like a little hoarding instinct. Yeah. And I think like most I think most role players like don't want to you don't want to lose anything. Mm-hmm. Um. So like we were all shoving it into boxes yes. <laughs> and I still, and it's like, like all the boxes, my role-playing stuff in has like moving stickers from like the eighties, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, that's still like, I'm like, Oh, I remember that move. <laughs> it was when right. we went from Illinois back to New Jersey. Like that was that sticker. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, you just shove it in there and then you can just still go to your attic. I mean, as long as you still, I mean, you still have to have them. Right. You have to have no point where you like purge them from your life, but it, the it's, it's automatic as opposed to like every time I've had to, had a major digital change it's like oh man i gotta move this mm-hmm. from you know this format to that format i mean maybe now like you know in 20 years I, there probably will be a google so my google right. drive account will probably be the same google drive account mm-hmm. but there was that transition period there where it was like rough i mean yeah i would have lost all my all my second grade characters where would they be right digitally like yeah. nowhere yeah and you get to see your actual stupid handwriting with your markers, right. you know, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like you're bad. Like all I had, it was a highlighter that like you were so, you're so struggling for like pens. 
My house growing up was like a struggle for office supplies, you know, because like my brother and I would just be stealing them all the time from my parents. They'd be like, where are all of our pencils? And it was just because we were like, you know, playing D&D every mm-hmm. week <laughs> and all right. the pencils are broken. And we're like, we need more pencils. Yeah. Wow. That's a, a trip down memory lane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's well, very yeah. cool. Um, oh, let's talk. Let's see. Let's talk about products then. Yeah, please. Let's, let's zip forward to the future. Um, yeah, let's see. Oh, so, um, let's see. So, uh, Skio, um, I think the fun thing about it, and, um, I think most people are familiar with this sort of product where it's, um, it builds a story out of layers of tables. Um, and it was really fun to do because you, you, you have in your head, this gigantic story, and then you have to deconstruct it. And then like stick it somewhere and figure out places to stick it and figure out ways for this story to emerge just wandering around. Yeah. That's, that's better than my cat. Yeah. Sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, um, so what I did with this too, and, and I don't know if you got it from the reading, there's like, I tried to stack, I tried to create this thing where like one problem with tables is sometimes it's very flat Mm -hmm. and um, it's hard to have like things sort of, strung through the tables to build uh, like secondary narratives. Um, I started thinking of things in terms of like, you have like narrative tiers mm-hmm. where it's like, um, if you just think of a basic dungeon, there's just one narrative tier to it. Uh, even with the random tables, it's just, it's still at that, you know, you're okay. You're wandering, you find these people and then you can kind of bring in some faction plays, but it's every role on the table is just sort of spreading that out horizontally instead of vertically. I tried this technique of like vertically stacking events in the tables. So um, there's a, there's sort of, uh, it's not that highlighted, but I have these things like these faction events. Um, Mm -hmm. And the idea there, and this is really fun in practice is like when the party goes and leaves the town and comes back, you change the town. So that creates this like verticality where it's like, okay, so um, you know, like a classic one, I've got a great, um, one of my favorite sort of sub characters in the town is, um, I don't know if you found this person, the, uh, the ape king of link river. (laughs) So this started, that's a real, so it's amazing. So that starts, that's from that uh, 13th century uh, book, the book of charlatans. And um, that was a, maybe a real scam that someone really did in like Syria in the, you know, 1200s is that they trained an ape to cry and to pray. And then they would drag that ape into the town and be like, this is the king of this distant town. And, but he was cursed. So we need money so he can get his (laughs) crown back. And then they would tell the story of the king and how he got cursed. And then they, then the ape would cry. And then everyone was like, Oh, that clearly is a king then. (laughs) that proves it we should give this ape money um so i mean just number one an amazing story number two like that's just a perfect example of like oh that's the most gameable story i've ever read Mm -hmm. um and so you know number one i leave it completely ambiguous whether this is an ape or an actual king and then i have like things where um slowly if you just start rolling correctly slowly this ape just starts kind of taking over the town (laughs) And will eventually be the leader of the whole town if you roll right. Um, Because he's also good. There's this um, 
this product is going to seem insane to everyone. There's this big thing about tennis and playing tennis and you got to beat the tennis champion. And um, that's one of the ways to become a noble and being a noble is important because then you can buy artifacts, um, stuff like that. So like there's this, uh, there's a good chance that the ape becomes the tennis champion. So like he'll just, he's just slowly creeping around the story and, and he's just like a side character. So that's what I was trying to accomplish with this like verticality in the tables. So when you, instead of spreading it out, it spreads it up. So, um, you know, it's like, you just kind of find the ape. If you ignore him, you can't necessarily ignore him. You may have to play him in tennis. And he's obviously he's, a, he's an ape, so he's good at tennis. Right. And then he takes over the town. And then at that point, that's where I have to leave it. So I was working on this theory. And then you're just like, you can really only go up two levels, right? You can create this mm-hmm. next thing. And then beyond that, it's just like, it gets, it gets exponentially crazy. Like what could happen in the town? And you're like, okay, from there, the GM has to do it. But I think I give them that. Um, I give them some motion in that direction and they can use, they can use that uh, momentum to, uh, you know, the next level isn't that hard. Right. You know, when the ape takes over the town and it's not even established whether he's real or not, like that's a pretty easy, like GM, like you're just like, Oh, let me just decide. Should I roll? Should I, you know, how has this gone? And then that I, you know, hopefully they get handed that. And then hopefully something I, I would love when you release an adventure, all you want to hear is the stories of people playing it. Mm-hmm. Like at this point, yep. I'm just like, I just, all I want to do is hear stories of like, what happened? What happened to your ape? Is your ape real? <laughs> You know, like I, I'll tell you my ape, I never, they never got to that point. You know, it's like, especially with something this big, you're just like, there's a limit to how much you can play test this thing. Right. So there's lots of things like, and, and, and of course, like my um, players like focused on the, as usual, the weirdest <laughs> things and you're right. like, you're you build all this like scaffolding and they're like, yeah, what's over here. Mm-hmm. Well, well, that's the thing. Yeah. And, and that's the tricky thing that, that one NPC that you're not interested at all is the one they focus on, you, you know, yeah. and then, yeah, it's just. Well, and that's the fun thing with the verticality is at least like mm-hmm. I gave everyone, I try to give everyone their shot. Right. Somewhere to go. Yeah. 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 So like mm-hmm. every, every random person's got like a little weird thing going on and it's not, and I don't bog down as you know, there's no introduction. There's no backstory. There's no mm-hmm. 1000 years ago. This happened. It's right. just like, straight up oh you meet uh there's there's like just tons of these characters there's the swine herd um and he's there and you're just like all right so it's just this swine herd it's just this ambitious guy um okay goodbye and then there's like five different ways to obtain a pig in this adventure mm-hmm. and there's a variety of pigs to obtain and so the swine herd i didn't know this until i started working on this adventure like in uh you know medieval europe you'd have these people and their job was basically dog walkers. Um, and they would come around to your house and you'd, and you'd be like, all right, here's my swine. And then they take them out to the woods and then they'd like eat acorns and then they take them back. And mm-hmm. then you'd give them a little bit of money because, you know, or like at the end, like when you slaughtered your pig, you give them a little bit of meat and then they could trade that. Um, so a fascinating, I'm a great RPG character. So here's someone who knows every single person in town and knows exactly what's, knows exactly what's going on in all those different rooms. And then you're like, well, plus there's the benefit of like, these are the, some of these pigs are magical. Um, And he had, you know, he has a magical pig himself. 
And, um, and then you're like, oh, well, wouldn't it be, you know, and then you're like, okay, so I, I wrote him as this like ambitious guy. So there's also ways where, you know, he can take over the town. Like he can move up in the ranks. And so even if you ignore him, you come, he'll loop back. And it sort of replicates, replicates foreshadowing. You know, it replicates like when you, when you weave these things so tightly, the idea is like the players are supposed to experience this as a living place because things right. are happening in the background. Mm-hmm. And, but there's no, but the DM doesn't need to keep track of any of it, really. I mean, I think it's the only thing I have, I have like the, um, just the area to write in whenever right. you encounter. Yeah. You next to each of these different personalities, you have a little area for stats and, and you can, you can jot notes down next to them. And, yeah. And, and I have the yeah. whole faction worksheet. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh, right. You know, what, what mm-hmm. do all these factions think of you? Um, and then you can write that down. And then it's like the, quest you know like little mini quests that they may give you or something like that right no it's fair yeah it, it's great i can't wait to get this to the table at some point it, yeah, there's probably lots of things, a little bit and also yeah. even if people aren't into crazy overcomplicated things you can so easily pick this apart mm-hmm. there's like a, there's a, a drunk table um i added all the i i just my style it, it, you know it's it's a baroque style so it's mm-hmm. everything is over ornate so there's like every adventure bell and whistle that i could think of like a you know magical mishaps table um what do you do if you miss a session table mm-hmm. um, and a lot of them are critical yeah um there's there's this sort of central the, what what passes as one of the most central themes is that there's a missing artifact and the only mm-hmm. way to get the missing artifact as written is accidentally so, I, you know, the backstory isn't defined, but when I ran it in my head, it's just that there's this, um, you know, there's the uh, problems with space um, and, you know, there's instability in town. You know, it's like this, uh, you know, it's like hinting that there's like dimensional instability and these, you know, ancient statues are popping out of the ground um, and everyone's got their different theories on it. In my head, it's it's like uh, the uh, there's like an eighth level mage that lives outside of town and he kind of like broke reality mm-hmm. um, with his experiments or like didn't help the situation when reality started breaking and was fixing it, but he's not saying that. Um, so the artifact just blinks out mm-hmm. and the town, and then that really causes the town to mess up because the artifacts um, it's, a, you know, it's, it's really a relic. It, it protects the town. And um, so it only can come back. So everyone's like, where did it go? And everyone's blaming everyone, but really it just blinked out of reality and it blinks back into the possession of the characters. That's the only way it reappears. So I love that too, where it's like this incredibly powerful artifact. You get drunk, you wake up and you find it in your pocket. You miss a session, you can find it. Like it's only only accidentally. Oh, you get like, a, I think the other one was like, you start hallucinating and you find it. I forget. There's a couple tables where it happens. Right. Yeah, and, and you have so many little things in here. You know, you miss a session, you have this, you know, the... Um, the long crime, that law and crime table where you, you know, you break down your, you know, potential petty crimes and minor crimes and felonies. And you've got your shops and you got the, of course you have the whole mob thing, you know, as the mob can gather together and slowly build. Right. Um, Yeah. The villagers are their own, their own thing. Yeah. But we have rules in here for purchasing a home. If you want to move there. Right. Yeah. You you can give the real estate table and purchase. That's it. Yeah. That's one of my favorite tables. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there's some really uh that was a really what's great about writing these products is you sort of yeah you got you break these things down right you're taking it one bite at a time so 
I had like this thing where it's like an afternoon. I booked it on my calendar. Think of, you know, as many weird houses as you can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like you go through and you're like, all right, what can go wrong in a house? What are like some funny house stories? So there's like, um, there's the one that's an obvious nod to a Murphy Brown where you buy a house and there's just a, a painter who lives in the house and he's got a lease mm-hmm. and it comes with the house. So now your party bought a house, but there's an NPC painter who's just part of their lives now. Um, there's right. another one with like the nosy neighbor and she has an easement. So she can just like, so there's a door in your house. It's like a, the hotel door and she's allowed, she's legally allowed. You will go to jail if you don't let her open that door. <laughs> and well, and, uh, so like, it's just like, okay, so now we get the nosy neighbor character. Um, and that's, I mean, that's so deep into the document, you know, like it's, it's mm-hmm. almost impossible to miss. And some of those sub tables, like that's like, that could be half a session. You yeah. know, like people could get lost with that stuff. Yeah. And but that's, just, that's what's so fun about, you know, role playing, doing these games. Cause it's not all about combat and running out and hitting things, at least not in the games I play and people I like to play with. You know, this is like our, you know, this is the bread and butter, this kind of stuff where you, you, like you say, you you can just go down that rabbit hole and yeah, you're supposed to be on this mission, but wow. Next thing you know, for the last three sessions, we've been messing with this nosy neighbor and doing the side quest. It's not even a quest. It's just, (laughs) just fooling around. Yeah. And I mean, of course, you know, fundamentally that's the point of this product is it's like you get, you buy, you know, so for me, this was literally, I had hole in the oak. Mm-hmm. I was running Hole in the Oak and I needed a town. And there's a character from Hole in the Oak that I that I threw in there as an homage. Um, it's Henry Slippums, who just who just had a bowler cap. There's he's nothing in Hole in the Oak. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a bowler cap and someone found it. And all of my players were just like, well, who's Henry Slippums? I bet he built this whole dungeon, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I, you know, take the note. All right, I gotta introduce Henry Slippums somewhere. So I put him in the town and, and so he's in Skio and he's like, uh, he's mysterious. He disappears. Like his, he's one, he's got one of those, all, you know, the shops that everyone loves where it's like never open. There's a one in four chance that it's open. That's it. <laughs> so it's like, Oh, you get to, you know, you get to meet this mysterious guy. So yeah. So it's, it's meant like go to the dungeon. You know, there's, there's a lot of fun and in, in just basic dungeon crawls, mm-hmm. right? You know, that's, that's fun. Oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's a knowable loop. Everyone's into it gives everybody a chance and then you come back and then it's like, and I'm giving you like 15 side quests, take them or leave them. And then you can go back in the dungeon. Right. Do the, do the, do the basic game. So it's all, it's all decorations. It's all desserts. It's it's like a giant poo-poo platter of desserts. Mm -hmm. And, and and if that doesn't sell somebody on the product, then I, I don't know what will. (laughs) I mean, it's, and you've got some great art in here too. The, you know, and I assume the, all this art in the front, in, you know, it's all pretty much player handouts, right? Or not handouts, but they're it is, it, yeah, you're gonna, effectively, yeah. yeah, you're going to show those to players. The, I'm one a of those separate players map, which is really nice. Yeah. I'm one of those people that there is no, there is no art here for the DM. Mm-hmm. It's only player art. Um, literally like the only, it's just decorations. <laughs> the DM, all they get, like, it was like a weird rule I was following where it's like, I, I you get Baroque ornamentation, like from mm-hmm. actual Baroque books. That's what the DM gets. And the players get art. Every art can be printed out, you know, 11 by 17 and still look good. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, you know, us letter 300 DPI art to just print out and hand to people and, uh, you know, and the players map. Right. And character, uh, I think that's in the 
I'm so confused now because I have two editions and I'm working on my third edition. <laughs> I am working on, oh, here's a good side. Note. This is literally what I was doing. And this is such an inside uh, OSR thing. I got one, like two or three weeks ago, I got a complaint from someone. I was kind of like throwing a piece out on the internet. I threw out my, um, my trial rules. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a whole thing to talk about. So I threw that out and someone was just like, this is unreadable. And I'm like, wow, this is a totally readable font. But they were just referring to the Gothic headlines. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, but, you know, to be fair, like, I think I should make a version of this that's not two columns, single column. I don't know. It's going to end up being like 300 pages or something. Um, and I'm like, I'll make a version of that. That's cool. And then I contacted someone. I was like, I don't have time for this because I'm putting out the book. So, mm-hmm. I, but I, I figured like, there's got to be someone on Fiverr. Right. It's just like, just make a, just a, the most boring, like intentionally ugly, just, mm-hmm. just for readability for people who are doing this with like an iPad. Well, know. I, yeah, I've got a book. I actually, I know two different people at the moment that use screen readers for, to do these because it, you know, eyesight issues. So, yeah. so they have to use screen readers. So it, you know, having a, a readable or not a readable, that's a bad way to say, it, but having an accessible version of the product. Yeah. It you know it is important because you do have I mean one of them you know he's a GM for a we're doing a long term he, he's big in the Pathfinder so it's this long term Pathfinder one campaign one of the, one of the adventure paths that we've been playing for a year but for him if he does if it's not readable if the screen reader can't do it then you know he's got to get this huge magnifying glass out and try to read it and it, it's really tough I mean he's a great GM yeah and, and a great friend but it's one of those things where you know there are people that you know the accessible version is important. Totally. And, yeah. and it's not that hard. I mean, that's the benefit of like, you know, we gotta, we gotta use these PDFs, mm-hmm. right? Like it's, there's no cost for me to attach a 300 page, right. no graphics. I mean, it's, yeah. it's barely even like download time, you know, like mm-hmm. it's going to be the, it's, I can just throw it at the back of the document or I could make it a separate download and make it a folder. I don't, doesn't matter. Right. And so, yeah, so that's what I'm working on. Like literally right before this call, I was Googling something that I think is ended up being impossible. I was like, readable Gothic fonts. <laughs> I'm going through and I'm like, wait, why am I doing this? Like, I just didn't want to abandon. It's um, the layout is based on a, a, an old book I bought, which is, um, you know, I, I love old books. I live in Portland. So we have um, Powell's books and mm-hmm. you can, you can just go there and, and just look at 19th century books and just flip right. through them. And I found um, a book. It was like a, a conversation about the fever pestilence. <laughs> you know, it's just like this. I have no context for it, it's just, but it's beautiful, beautiful, uh, like 1888 book. And so the typography is pretty much 100% a rip on that. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, these, these are the fonts they used in the 1800s. Right. Just worse than saying, because I, I mean, their eyesight must have been worse. Or maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's one of those things like teeth. It turns out the way that they live their lives, they maybe read a little bit better, but, but that's not true. I mean, all, all the pictures of medieval monks, they've got sun, uh, gla- sunglasses, they've got yeah. glasses on. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, so I am working on a readable version. That It really came in because um, Bryce of 10-Foot Pole, mm-hmm. who, of course, this is, it, this is also 50% of releasing a module, is to go through the 10-Foot Pole ringer. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. It, yeah, it's like the American gladiators for RPG writers. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just like, so I throw, I threw it at him and he just like finds me on Twitter and is just like, do you have a readable version? 
<laughs> and I'm like, I'm working on it. <laughs> I'm like, my person, did, I didn't get the bid back in time. So I'm going to do it myself now. Um, yeah. So there will be a readable version. Dear old, dear old people. Very, I am, cool. I am also getting old, but somehow my close no. vision no. is still functional. My hearing's bad. My faraway vision's bad. So it's my one thing is that I look at a Gothic font and I can read it wonderfully. Well, I mean, you got to take what you can get, right? That's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I made a version for us people who can read Gothic fonts and tiny, tiny it gets this book, unfortunately, it, it's a full US letter book, but it, in part because I really, I, I it is a reaction against this uh, world of these. Uh, I, I'm not a huge fan of these A5 books. Mm-hmm. I think they're too small, especially when people put graphics on them. Um, and especially when I, you know, get it in the mail and I like it. Mm-hmm. And then I'm just like, was that worth 30 bucks? Right. <laughs> you know, like it's, like content wise. I'm like, it's really beautiful. Um, I'm not, um, you know, I feel very uh, marketed to. <laughs> it's just like, oh, they're just like, I have disposable income. I'm older. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I can, you know, I can, I can spend 30 bucks on a book. Right. Um, but there's something in me. If you notice all my products are cheap. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm not, you know, of course it's, it's, it's like a hobby. So it's like, I'm making like two, you know, I'm making like two bucks. Right. So the, right. Uh, well, well that's, yeah, I, I wish, you know, there's no harm in mentioning that, you know, both this and the, um, growth worse or grotesque they're, they're five bucks. I mean, and, and the content you get in these things for five bucks is crazy. That's yeah. Yeah. And the print yeah, well worth it. Of yeah. Growth's worth of grotesque is 250 pages and uh, it's 1599. You know, it costs like twelve dollars to print, right? Um, and this one's going to be nine ninety nine, and it's yeah. you know seventy five yeah. pages, right? And That's... and seventy five pages letter. It's not this, you know. People are like, oh, it's a seventy five page adventure, and you're just like, hmm, twenty pages, you know. Right. Like in terms of like when you think of those old, uh, you know, the classic AD and D modules with the you know eight point, mm-hmm. um, well, they use Futura, yeah, eight point Futura. Um, yeah two columns and those were dense. Yeah. So they're like 25 pages, but they would be like a hundred pages mm-hmm. for like an OSR release. Oh Please. yeah. Yeah, definitely. It, it, yeah. It's, it's crazy. You go back and you look at that, you look like what's well, village or Hamlet or, or any of those. And you're like, you know, today, like you say, I mean, it'd be, it'd be a hundred page <laughs> document if it was put out today. It, yeah, it's, it it's would. Nice. And they're not, and, and, you know, and it's not like it's, if they don't like, there's some wasted ink, mm-hmm. but it's not a ton. You know, yeah. they don't, they don't go in there with like huge backstories in those old modules. They'll, they'll, they'll put a, you know, a column, mm-hmm. you'll get a column of a backstory and that just goes on to the room descriptions. And right. then it's just, you know, I mean, that's, that is really when it comes down to it, relatively uneconomical though. Oh yeah. Well, like, it's fun. I don't know if, if you guys ever mess with, with top secret, but okay. we, um, yeah. So I, I just did a, a podcast with a buddy. We we're talking about tops, the original top secret and um, put that out th- this previous Sunday as we record this. Th- of course, this is coming out on the first. Uh, yeah, this comes out January 1st, 2023. This is my first podcast of the year. Welcome to 2023, people. There we go. We're, it's a new year. But the eight on, on the 18th of December, I put out a, a special, a top secret special. And we talk about it and, and all that. But when you think of the module that came with a, the Sprechen to, I, I can't even pronounce it, but I don't know if you remember, but there was a module that came with Top Secret. And it was like the city, 
and and it had like the upper layer of the city and the lower layer of the city. Oh, but yeah. nowadays, if you put that at, and basically it was like a dungeon, effectively, right? Oh, they were all dungeons. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they were. I mean, well, yeah, dungeons and raids. Well, that's like the Ace of Clubs one with where you went to this fancy hotel and it was like, you know, same thing. Every room is statted out and every character sat out. But if you put one of those out today, it'd be hundreds of pages because yeah. they would put in all this extra stuff. Yeah, they put in. Yeah, and and some of it. So I mean, this is. I'm starting to kind of get back into this idea of um, that tabletop role playing games are essentially a literary game. Mm-hmm. You're really supposed to read, and a lot of this sort of like um, the new, you know, especially like NSR kind of stuff and OSR. Everyone's pushing for this bullet point style because they're like, oh, it's readable. It's readable at the table, and it really is. Like hole in the oak you know i read through it once but i didn't have to right. you know like you're like oh this is like you know this new style is excellent so i'm into that osc bullet point style but you know but really what is so bad about being like yeah you got to read this thing well, and well, then you have to read it memorize it and play it and then i'm i'm like is that so bad you know i mean if it's good mm-hmm. if it's well, good writing Right. I So I'm, I've recently gotten back into Palladium stuff. I don't know if you guys ever messed with any of the Palladium games, the Teenage uh, Mutant Ninja uh, Turtles or any of that stuff. But yeah, the, the Palladium... Uh, oh, wait, I have to bring... I've got to interrupt Go you for a second. Go ahead. <laughs> I had the... Because uh, I just got... Oh, it's right behind me. I just fished out the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, which has the really some really bizarre stuff tucked into it. Mm-hmm. Copy and paste it from other Palladium games. So right. yes, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles... And then I did a uh, I did a big riffs campaign. I was not okay. So you know, so riffs. It when you you look at the the way they did event. I mean, it's because there's no chapters in Palladium or anything else. It's just it's kind of just just sprawling, you, you know. Yeah. And, and even their books today are like that. But the but the great. I mean, but they they were fun to read. I I can still sit there and remember those games and the art in those games and and, and you know because you know reading pouring over them back in the eighties. Yeah, you can still remember that stuff. And and you look at them today and you read them today. You're like, wow, this is not laid out well, you know, but it's fun to read. It's fun to go back through. We're doing Palladium Fantasy. I'm, I'm going to start an after the bomb game here. Well, this year, 2020. Yeah, so, it's such yeah. it's such a kitchen sink kind of. Yeah. I mean, because even like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it has some great tables. Yeah. Um, And uh, but like we never I mean, we never played it that much. It was always. Um, so much fun to make characters, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> it was really, that was the main thing. We'd like make characters, and then we'd play, and we'd be like, "That was okay," and then we'd just be like, "Let's make more characters and start over." Mm-hmm. Well, well, that's the thing. After the bomb, second edition has maybe I don't know how many, at least twice as many animal types as you had in Teams Union Turtles. So there are just so many different things <laughs> you can be. Yeah, you can be bison. You can be you, you name it. You can be it, right? Yeah. So, you know, there's like twenty different kinds of dogs you can be. <laughs> it's right. Which is Great. like, yeah, so that that it's funny because, of course, with minimalism, mm-hmm. you just have the instruction. You can be right. anything you want to be. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't necessarily, um, especially like when I, um, like my home campaign is a lot of mixture of people who don't really role play much at all. Um, you know, because it's, it's, it's like friends and it'll be like, oh, like it's some spouse who like mm-hmm. never role play and stuff like that. Um, and it is really interesting when you're someone who's like just, you know, star role playing before they can read. Um, you know, someone's like, you could be anything. And you're like, sweet. I got, you know, 50 character concepts I got floating around here. I got it. Then other mm-hmm. people are like, well, what do you mean? 
and you're like, make a fantasy thing. It's fantasy. And if you came out sci-fi, I'd, I'd make it work. If you're an Android, I'll make it work. Right. And they're like, um, you know, so to them, it's just, it's, it's too, it's too wide open and they don't have anything to build on. They don't have a, like a, you know, 40, 50 years of thinking mm-hmm. about this stuff. They're just like, ah, uh, you know, they can think of like a TV show maybe. Right. Um, so those tables are really amazing for that because then it, you know, and for, uh, you know, for us too, because we're like, sometimes we're just fatigued and we're like, let's just see what, you know, see what happens. Mm-hmm. See what the dice brings. Um, cause you know, cause at the same time, I'm like, I'll play anything. Right. I don't care. Well, that's how I am. I don't, I, I actually kind of prefer to do random generation to like a point build or something just because I'm, I'm curious to challenge myself to what did I roll up this time? Okay. Well, let's make that happen. Yeah, exactly. You, you know, oh, I'll, I'll do my take on it. And it'll yeah. be like, when it comes down to it, I really only have like two or three characters I play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're all yeah. like, am I, am I the, I'm one of those people I've got my, for fantasy games, but like with sci-fi games, I'm the same thing though. I just translate it. Right. I'm like, uh, number one, I'm a wizard. I'm just one of those, I'm one of those wizard people, which apparently, I, apparently no one plays wizards these days. Yeah, um, well, I mean, it's more work, right? Cause you have to, you have to manage the spells and do this and do that, but like there's that and you, and you start off sucking. Right. Yeah. Except for although in modern games, not as bad as it was back then, you know, because you're you're AD and D wizard, you get one spell, you have, I know, I love you know, that. two or three hit points. That's, <laughs> that's my that's favorite. It. Yeah. So that's my favorite is being the guy in the back throwing darts. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, do your sleep spell. <laughs> and they right. do your sleep spell. And then you're like, all right, I'll be in the back throwing darts. <laughs> yep. That's it. I think it's because it's like I uh I relate to a wizard. Like if I was mm-hmm. transported. Mm-hmm. to the world of Dungeons and Dragons, I, I feel like that's the thing I'd relate to because I'm like, especially getting older, right? I'm not that fast. I'm not that strong. Right. <laughs> I'm like, but like, I can imagine myself like being like, oh, I, I'll figure, I'll do the research. I'll figure out this wizard thing. You know, like, it's mm-hmm. like all your friends are like, let's go, let's go to the dungeon. And you're the one who's just like, I got really nothing to bring, but like, all right, I'm going to go online. I'm going to figure out how to do cast magic spell. <laughs> and you're like, okay, I figured out sleep guys. And I have this dagger and they're like totally trained and buff. And you're just mm-hmm. like, all right, I'll be in the back. Yep. Like I can really picture that. So that that's where, that's where I like to come from. Um, I also do like, uh, I like, you know, clerics, clerics are mm-hmm. great. Cause then you're just, I'm an awful cleric. Cause I, you know, lecture everybody about my religion all the time <laughs> Yep, <laughs> and refuse, you know, refuse to do really common things unless other people like, uh, you know, I have people like have to, you know, whatever my religion is. And, and they're always fun to invent on the fly. Oh yeah. I'll just be like, well, you know, I would, I would heal, but uh, you've been really, you haven't really loved the frog God in the way that I, you know, normally mm. would. And I need you to get into the swamp and do some penance. And then I'll heal you. You know, right. the, the asshole cleric is a good one. Oh yeah. And then the rogue. And then I just steal from everyone, mm-hmm. but I need the, uh, I need the GM who lets me do player to player. Mm-hmm. The rogue who like whips out other people's magic items is, is that's the most fun thing. Right. <laughs> We're like, the player will be like, okay, I use my wand. And then the DM is like, you don't have the wand. And then I'll be like, <laughs> that's a good, I don't know. I like, those are my three. Those are my three. Excellent. Very cool. Well, I want to, I want to be a little pressure through time. We've been at this about an hour. It's oh, hey, time flies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, so I get maybe the last question would be, so what's next? I, I know you're kind of you're, you're talking about you're going to work on the accessible versions of these and all, but can you or if you can talk about what's next, maybe in the pipeline? Yeah, I've got oh, I've got a um, at this point, I've got a deep pipeline. So um, 
Number one, I'm working with that, uh, that, um, that DM, uh, who I talked about earlier, who's like amazing online. Um, they're, they're, they're great. Um, and so we're going to work on that, um, interactive, tiny, just this nice small project, like a five room dungeon, digital only. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try to push PDFs absolutely as far as they could go. Um, uh, so I got that I've got, um, Skio is set in my home campaign, which is this false mythic Oregon. Um, if you see in the back, there's like a little, um, well, there's, there's links to my big campaign map. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- there's a hex crawl that's uh, probably six months to 12 months out. Um, but it's the same thing. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to explode um, in terms of my workload on it because, you know, um, uh, that's, uh, that's with Taylor Lane and, uh, we are, um, we've started developing the hexes, but now I'm just like, we got to go back. <laughs> we got to fix the world building. Um, so I've got that and that that's huge. That, I think that's going to be really fun, um, because it much like this, it uses the real Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, uh, I think a really, uh, fun way that I think does Oregon justice and does fantasy, right. Um, especially in terms of like what gets problematic about fantasy and uh, you know, st- you know, grasping that third rail of uh, native Americans is. Uh, yeah. Is that's tough. tough. Yeah. It's... Um, so um, yeah. And I, I think I've found the solution to it. I really hope I do. I mean, I'm still working on it, but mm-hmm. um, I, the solution is that it's um, it's not, it's so that's why I call it false mythic Oregon. It's not Oregon. Right. It's every time of Oregon compressed into a fantasy package. Um, mm-hmm. and, and by fantasy, like this is where the false stuff comes. It's intentionally molded to standard fantasy tropes. So it's like, um, so there, there are um, things that are, you know, prehistoric Oregon. Um, there are uh, lots of Native American things from current day. Um, and especially like um, focusing a lot on sort of uh, like 19th and 20th century Native American things, um, which living out here in Oregon is 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 really fascinating too. Um, the sort of like uh, the living history of Native Americans, like you know, like um, you know, growing up in uh, Jersey, I went to a lot of museums, and Native Americans there were it, depicted in museums, you know, pre-colonial only. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a great museum in Bend, the High Desert Museum, which has an amazing Native American display because it's 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 really majority post-colonial, um, which is great because it's like that that's that's the recent <laughs> alive history of Native Americans. And um, so it's all just like, you know, it's, it's like one of the few times where you're just like, oh, yeah, Native, you know, here here's like they have like a living room with the TV in it. <laughs> And like you go into the diorama display and be like, yes, Native Americans watch TV. <laughs> like it's not just, it's not just like dip nets. Um, and so, um, so I'm trying to do in that. Like I, I, I'm really fascinated by um, the moment in history when um, Native Americans started Christian related religions. So there's a variety of like uh, religious movements, like the, um, the Shakers, that's a really big mm-hmm. one. Um, they're not related to the Shakers at all. The, they're the right. Indian Shakers. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's because it's like a Christian church 
where they um, would do um, those like uh, the more traditional all night um, singing and dancing and, you know, shaking instruments. Um, and they called themselves the shakers, but they're like shaking for Jesus. Um, right. And then, of course, like everyone hated them as usual. <laughs> Then they had the city of the Dalles had to come up with like ordinances that like churches weren't allowed to have church ceremonies after like 10 PM because they were like so annoyed at the shakers, you know, it was like 1880s, the Dalles or 1920s, the Dalles, like right around there. And you can still visit. I mean, it's super cool. You can still, it's not even marked. You can visit their old church. It's just off the road. Hmm. Um, You know, it's a lot of, so it's a lot of like nice living, living history. I'm trying to give that a a stretch, but then it's pop culture. there's, uh, you know, like um, some of this is in uh, Skio too, like uh, the Enchanted Forest, which is this amazing homemade amusement park that's uh, just like an hour south of where I live. Um, so that's there, of course, because they have this ride, the Challenge of Mondor, um, mm-hmm. which is like this like ripoff Tolkien ride. Um, so, you know, so I turned that amusement park into like a wizard um a wizard uh you know like your basic wizard stronghold right um so it goes it goes through everything so i think that that's you know that's a lot easier place to work than doing a historic that's why it's false mythic not historic um there's no i'm like i'm cutting out genocide Mm -hmm. (laughs) like the native americans win in this scenario so it's like there's we have fort vancouver which Mm -hmm. is like that first english settlement in Washington, um, which is, you know, really closer to Oregon, if anything. Right. And, um, so I have them as the empire and then they get, they get the pandemic. So it's like, they come in, they build a bunch of stuff, they just disappear. And so there's like a history. So it it ties in nicely with Western European, um, fantasy too. So there's the sense of the fallen empire. There's Uh Rome, they're Rome and they leave all this shit around. Um, but the, you know, the Native Americans won. They were there. So you're as as a player, that's your milieu is like you're in you're in that world where it's Native Americans, it's English, it's Pacific Islanders, all of the um, all of the different immigrant groups to um, Oregon. But kind of just lost, like abandoned by this empire. So um, so it's like all those cultures intermixing. A lot of that has to do with um, the history of Fort Vancouver. If anyone wants to go into it, is it's it's amazing. Um, and it's a great national park that people should visit. <laughs> in fact, and so, um, so that's all in here. Like, so if you look at the cover of Skio, which is set in this world, um, mm-hmm. it's the majority of the faces you see are native American. Right. So mm-hmm. those are, um, and what I did is I went to the Smithsonian Smithsonian has an amazing collection of native American portraiture art. And I specifically kind of picked that period that like 19th century. So it's like um, Native America, you know, it's like these uh, people who are living in that transitional world, um, because that's sort of where it is, except for it's the transitional world where they won. Right. <laughs> so it's like, so the people on the cover, it's like the PCs are like, there's the guy and he's uh, holding a can. Mm-hmm. Cans yep. are really important in this game, <laughs> in this module. Um, that's, a, that's a canned spell. There's a chance that your spells get canned. Um, and he's like, whoa, look at this canned spell. You know, he's there. There's a there's one person looking at the viewer. And um, what's that guy's name? There's a great he's from the Smithsonian. There was a great story attached to him, too. The hottest woman is the Chinook woman. Um, <laughs> and then like, mm-hmm. You know, so. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I hope I hope I pull it off. 
it's it's definitely a third rail but i i uh it's fun work i, I really like working in fantasy where i live mm -hmm. yeah you know it's like you know everyone's got this trepidation like well okay first of all it's weird that uh it's weird being an american because fantasy is a not from here right you know, like why? Oh, everyone has a British accent. Well, it doesn't even really exist. Like, why, like why can't they have an American accent? Um, it's all fake. Um, but we don't live in fantasy. You know, we live in the we live uh, as as far as we know, we live in like the modern era. Mm -hmm. um, you know, um, although that's not obviously that, that's not true for all Americans. <laughs> so, so then you're like, oh, so this is the way you pull through it is, um, and also it's a way to be authentic about it is because it's. It's where I live. So it's like, right. no, this is like, these are like, when you visit these places in, in the hex crawl, like I've been there, like I'm trying to do them justice, you know, like these are, these are like things that I've done. And, um, you know, so, uh, you know, I, I think that that you, you, you avoid exoticism that way. You avoid like Orientalism that way and all those kinds right. of like traps mm -hmm. that you can fall into when you make a world um, when it's, when it's where you're from, you know, right. uh, it's the right, the, the plants. I'm, I'm really nerdy. I'm into gardening. So all the plants are right. <laughs> <laughs> if you know, in Skio, it's like you're eating, you're eating Oregon foods secretly. I've, I've invented a fake Oregon cuisine for you. All right, obviously I can ramble on. Right. No, that's that's fine. Oh wait, I got that's, one more. I got other things go working. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's important to ski out. So there's this whole concept of the um, and I mention it a lot. Um, there's the sunlit downlands. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's sort of um so that's an entirely other that's gonna be a point crawl. And I'm I'm like halfway done with that too. Um and uh that that is going you know that's a sort of like point crawl that's based on this is you know this is another thing i definitely didn't invent the classic like dead god that right. creates your mm -hmm. own dimensional reality um you know i have that thing where um when gods die they take they take the world with them so this is like a dead god of who knows because you don't know because it died <laughs> so whatever this god did just doesn't exist in the world anymore um, and they're just like slowly compressing and then people have gotten stuck in there. And so it's this, um, it's a fun point crawl because it's on the, um, the geography or geometry of the point crawl is the inside of a 12 sided die. So you're, you're stuck in the inside of a 12, like all of it, like you're literally going from nodes to points. And that's kind of mm -hmm. like, that's kind of the idea. Cause it's like this Euclidean solid. It's like, it's a basic thing that is essential to the universe. And that's how gods die. They compress into a Euclidean solid and you're stuck on the inside of it. And um, so there's like really fun travel mechanics where you like, cause everything is like recursive. Um, if you go down, you end up at the top. If you go to the mm -hmm. top, you end up at the bottom. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I got that. So that that'll tie in directly to this. There's spots in this where you can insert it. Um, that's where the, the idea of the, um, uh, it's called like the crumpled midden pile. I don't know if you caught that mm -hmm. part mm. where it's like, that's kind of based on, um, you know, the uh, uh, Philip K. Dick, uh, mm -hmm. the actual book um, for Blade Runner when androids dream of right. electric sheep. Mm -hmm. Like one of my favorite things that never made it to the movie was that concept of Kipple. Do you remember that? Yeah. yeah. 
So it's like, it's taken, it's that to the extreme. It's that like junk can move between dimensions. Mm -hmm. And so you can take, you can find a junk pile and crawl into it and pop out in a different dimension. So that's, that's where this God bleeds is that that's the excrement of the God is junk. So you can find a little junk pile in the basement and crawl into the downlands. That is cool. All right. So we have a lot to look forward to here. <laughs> you have a long, I like giving people episodes that they can break up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I just throw it all out there. It'll, it'll just be an hour and a half long episode. <laughs> that's the beauty of uh, the podcasting format. You can keep it tight or loose. Who knows? Well, I, people can pause it and come back. You, you know, they list half on the way to work and listen to half on the way home, whatever they want to do. Yeah, I do love I do love your little uh, corner of anchor there, though. I mean, that's how I found you was because of Spencer. Mm -hmm. And then you just made a call in and you were like, oh, I want to check out Grotesworth. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, I'll just send him. I mean, I, I can just find you. I'm like, who's that guy? Right. I'm like, I just find him, send him a copy. I don't care. <laughs> no, anchors. Yeah. Anchor. So Spotify owns anchor and not, not all my listeners know this, but sadly Spotify is slowly cut back on the different services associated with anchor. So uh -huh. it used to be a lot easier for people to call into the anchor shows than it is now. So now I've got like a Google voice number and a speak pipe and all these different ways people can reach out to get call. So I have caller messages and things. Oh, that kind of sucks. Cause that's yeah. the point of anchor is that. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I I love that pure anchor experience where it's like, all, and that's how I find everyone. They they call into the show. They say, which show? I mean, I was, I'm just describing their business model, but it, mm -hmm. it's great. I don't know. I yeah. commute. I mean, I, I, I guess uh, I drive a lot when I work. I don't mm -hmm. actually technically commute, but I have a job where I drive. I, I do real estate. So I'm always like stuck in traffic mm -hmm. and like podcasts of like, they're just amazing. Right. <laughs> love them. And you don't, you know, and you're just like, it's just bolt. I mean, who wants, who wants to hear me ramble on about podcasts on a podcast, but I don't know. You're stuck in traffic. Right. So who cares? It's That's right. Like it's just passing the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's it. Yeah. I mean, I've kind of gone back to just listen to podcast. I've just started listening to audiobooks again because sadly for whatever reason, you know, we've lost some podcasts or that some podcasters just stopped putting out episodes. So yeah. the, and so I've I've had some openings. So well, I can listen to book audiobooks again when I drive. Do you know what I just okay? Yeah, we're never gonna get we're never gonna stop this. Yeah. I just started doing a thing because um I have a lot of trouble, like, oh, what do I do? I got 10 minutes. I'm waiting for someone. I park somewhere and I'm like, oh, I'm 10 minutes early. I just started listening to poetry on podcasts. Oh, yeah. It's like the world's most obvious thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Where you're yep. Like that's like the format that it should be good for. It's just like, I don't know, I got five minutes to kill. Oh, I'll listen to a, a like a classic poem. Mm -hmm. It all started just because like uh, you, you could see this in Skio. There's a lot of um, I, I've been reading uh, Lewis Carroll to my kids, which is like Jabberwocky is like amazing. Yeah, it is. It's just one of those things where you're like, yeah, it's a classic. It's really good. And then you read it out loud and you're like, it's like better. Oh, so, yeah. So much. So many of these things. Like, like I've got a buddy that's he's rereading. I used to read Lord of the Rings like once every 10 years and I've kind of dropped off, but, but he's rereading Lord of the Rings right now. And, and he's like, Oh yeah, all those great. Yeah. Read it out loud. All, you, you know, cause back, back when you're a kid and you're reading, like you skip the songs or whatever, but if you actually sit there and read that stuff out, like it's great. It, yeah. You know? Yeah. So especially the Hobbit, the Hobbit reads really well. Yeah. I yeah. mean, the Hobbit, I think was meant almost to be read out loud. Oh, yeah. It's definitely more of a kid's kind of thing where you, you do that. But, but most of these things, and like say all the classic stuff, 
it, it just flows so much. It, it just works better if it's read out loud. Or for me, it does. I, yeah. I, well, yeah. yeah. And then obviously poetry. I mean, that's yeah. Oh, right. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I was reading, yeah. you know, you read Jabberwock out loud. You're like, this is freaking brilliant. And not only that, it it bear it it's better through repeated listenings and repeated yeah. readings out loud. You're like, I want to read that out loud again. It's like so much fun. Right. It's like you you like forget. We just don't do it much. So you forget that there is a pleasure in that process of seeing the words and saying them out loud and, and then like, and getting better at it and, mm -hmm. you know, sound, you know, sounding out these crazy words he's making out up. And then you're just like, Oh my God, it's like, it's it, it, the, the, the pleasure of that moment is not, there's no analog for it in right. modern society. Like we don't sit there and force ourselves to say other people's words out loud. Almost well, ever. No. Cause yeah, it's not like when you sit around the fire or go, go in the public room or even sit in the living room with your family and, and do this now, now it's the TV. It's yeah. Yeah. You, you know, and it's not, which the, is, which is yeah. great. I'm not, I don't want to take anything away from my TV time, mm -hmm. <laughs> but there's, you know, there's lost things in that participation right. culture of yeah, like, definitely. yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, so they're good to, but what's great is it's still, I mean, this is what's awesome about the modern world. It's still out there. You can still do it. Right. And, and you can do it better than ever before. I can sit in my car and just be like, Oh, I'm bored. And then it's just mm -hmm. like, uh, you know, it's like a, it's a poem a day podcast. And I'll just like flip through and I'll listen to it. And I'll be like, that's amazing. And I can find most of those poems. I can just search Google. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. all available. I mean, we live in a, you know, we live in the best era to live for oh, like yeah. all media. It's just right. that a lot of them, there's just not a lot of uh, venues for, for some things that are just sort of lost like that. Like there's no, there's no way to make a living being a poet these days. There's, you're not going to become mm -hmm. famous as a poet these days, you know, except for through academia. That's the, you know, it's the last place where it exists, which is basically where it's going to die. It's like, yeah. and it's, you know, um, but it still exists. There's still poets. There's still people writing poetry. We have mm -hmm. a national poet. Right. Yeah. They used to have poetry con uh, contests at the Olympics. And people are like, we should bring that back. Right. I mean, we're adding all kinds of other crazy things to the Olympics. Or, yeah, why not? You, you go traditional. Yeah. yeah, go traditional. I mean, that was the original Olympics had it. And so that, that's why they're doing it. Yeah. So yeah. it's, um, I don't know. I mean, that, I mean, so that's what's exciting about the modern world is you you notice these things and you can, um, you can find your people. You mm -hmm. can find, you know, you can just dream up something. Oh, I want to hear poetry. I never hear poetry. I bet that exists. I'm sure it's on Spotify and you just type it in. You're like, there it is. In fact, there's a whole world of this. There's tons of people who do this. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I love it. It's, 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 it's a bizarre and exciting time to be alive. Oh, it is. Yeah. There's no question about it. So we'll see, we'll see what happens with AI. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, that's the next thing with, you know, not just AI art, but you know, with AI writers and everything else and who knows, AI, we're, we're not there yet, but who knows? We're not. Yeah, that's where I'm happy that I have some construction um, background. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, there, there will be no AI plumbers for 100 years. Right. Yeah. That's my prediction. You will not be hiring a robot plumber for quite a while. It turns out plumbers have the most important job. Mm -hmm. That's right. Kids, go to the trades. You can always earn a living. <laughs> this, is, so. it's my, this comes up like almost every conversation. Uh, yeah. yeah, my my wife does hiring for a, a remodeling firm, so... So yes, kids go to the trades. There we go. Go to the trades, and then uh, specifically contact me, and I'll I'll help you get a job. There you go. And, and, and the contact information is in the show notes. So yes, that's true. Yes, yes. Electric, solar install electricians, please. <laughs>
Excellent. You make, you could be 25, four weeks vacation, six figure salary. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know. You know, just do it. You know, you know, you're not actually on the roof. The roofers, the roofers are on the roof. You're just doing panel work. Yeah. All right. That's, that's our, uh, that, that's the, that's where podcasts end. Yeah. We that, start that, yeah that's it. That's a good, yeah, that, that's a good place to end this, but thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. I, you know, I'm here, I'm around. Yeah. And, and I look forward to maybe getting you on again in the future. Yeah. That, that was the, that was the hint. I'll, I'll come out with some more products. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to play uh, please everyone, but you in particular. Mm-hmm. play skio and then tell me how it goes tell me tell me what weird thing happens okay because it's i don't know i don't know what can happen <laughs> there's too many variables it's unknowable there's tens of thousands of things that can happen in that right. excellent I, I i will I'll, i will be in touch with that and and like i say hopefully we'll hear from you again here soon so take care of yourself yeah okay take care bye